Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, you know, I have mixed feelings about today because we're, we're concluding, we're finishing this series that we've called, If God Can Use Anyone, He Can Use Me. And uh, I thank you so much for all of the feedback that we've gotten through this series because it's just good to know that people are getting helped. You know, it's good to know that people are realizing who they are. And I'm just going to tell you, the world needs a passionate church. The world needs people to know who they are and their God-given gifts because how many of you know the world is lost and broken? Can I hear a good amen today? And in this series, what we've been doing is we've been looking at what we would call heroes of the faith. We've gone through many of them in the last six weeks. And uh, we've, I've been just honestly so inspired by this, just going back through them, because I've just been realizing how God chose one person to like change cities, to change a nation. One person and their decisions, the decisions that they made had a domino effect and affected the people around them. How of you know the decisions that you make have a domino effect to the people around you. Your decisions don't just affect yourselves. And so many of them, when God called them, they didn't see themselves as heroes. Actually, they saw themselves as underdogs. And you'll see that a lot of conversations that God had with them, he actually had to talk them out of their own inadequacies. You know, But they stepped out in faith. And when they did, adversity came. But they really got to see everything that God had put inside of them. Now, for some of them, God, excuse me, for some of them, God called them and he used an angel to speak to them. Others, it was a family member who really encouraged them. We talked about the woman at the well when Jesus was on the earth. He actually pursued her. He went to Samaria, sitting down and talking with her. And she was greatly used by God to move a whole city. But you know what's interesting is that for other people in the Bible, and here's where we're going to focus today, the way that God called them was he used a dream or he used a vision. And so today, I've entitled today, Your Dream, Your Destiny. Because today, I know that I'm speaking to people who you've never thought about really having a dream for your life. You just kind of live your life. Maybe you've never heard a message like this. And there's some of you who you have a dream, but can I just say, you need to remember your dream. Because there's a lot that's been happening in the last two and a half years, and it's so easy. The Bible talks about Joseph in the Old Testament that he remembered his dream. And then there are others of you listening. You've actually seen God. You've actually seen God bring a dream come true. So now for you, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. And I want us today to really understand why God dreams for our lives are so important. And I believe you're going to see that as, as we listen to God's words today. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. It says, Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with the two officers, the chief cupbearer, we'll call him the butler today, right? The chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in the custody of the house of the captain of the guard in the prison. Everybody say in the prison. In the prison, in the prison where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard, listen to these words, appointed. Everybody say appointed. He appointed Joseph to them and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night 
They both dreamed, and the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each had his own dream, and each dream had its own interpretation. And when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were with them in the custody of the master's house, why are your faces downcast today? And they said, and Joseph said to them, do not, and they said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not, in, doesn't God, don't interpretations belong to God, excuse me? And then he says, please tell me. I want to look today at the life of Joseph who, you know, he's one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament. And you may say, Phil, why would you choose Joseph? He doesn't really have an underdog type of mentality. And you're right. But let me just tell you something about Joseph. Everything that happened to him in his life was trying to get him to have an underdog mentality. How his family treated him. The circumstances that he went through. But you know what? He was so committed to his dream. So committed to God that he didn't allow the circumstances around him to get in him. Come on, somebody. And so he, I love that because we can be like Joseph. And I'm believing today when you realize the power of the dream that God has has for you, you're going to be just as committed as Joseph is. Because here's the truth. God used Joseph mightily, my church family, but God is calling you just as much as he's calling Joseph. He's calling you today. The world needs more Josephs. And Joseph adds today, right here, right now, and we've been looking at this theme scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God, who saved us and called us, we're not just saved. We are called. Come on, say that with me. Say, I'm called. God, who saves us and calls us to a holy calling, not because of our own works, but his purpose and grace and gave us in Christ, that he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Pastor Phil, why do you keep reading this scripture? Because still people don't realize that they are not just saved. We are called and you are here for a purpose and the world needs what God has put inside of you. And so today let's talk a little bit about why dreams are so important. Here's number one, if you're taking notes, dreams are the result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. I want you to think about that for a moment. Dreams and visions are the result of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. You know, Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says this. In the last days, God will pour out my, my spirit. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Listen who? Who's going to be involved? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. You know, what a dream really is. When it's a godly dream, it's actually a preview of your destiny. It's like when you go to the movies. I don't go to the movies if I can't see the previews because I want to know what's coming. And this is how God can work in our life is he'll show you a preview in a dream of your destiny. It's enough, just like at the movies, they show you just enough to get you excited about seeing the movie, but they don't show you the whole movie. And so you're like, man, I want to see that. I want to go see that. But that's really what a dream is. It's a picture of your future. And so God doesn't show you everything. He shows you just enough, listen, so that you will trust him. 
and we're going to have to use faith to see the rest. But look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 that we just read. He says, when God pours out his spirit, his Holy Spirit, watch what's going to happen, is there's going to be prophecy. That means young men, prophecy is talking about the future. Come on, somebody say the future. And then we're going to see visions. Vision is looking toward the future. But it's not just, listen, it's not just looking toward the future with mere sight. It's looking towards the future with a revelation of what God wants you to see. Come on, somebody. And here's what a dream is. A dream is actually a picture of what could be. Let me say it this way. A dream is actually a picture of what should be in your life. It's what is going to happen in your life. Let me just say this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. And I was driving here this morning, and I was just going over my notes today, and I felt like the Lord told me something. He said, Phil, you need to let them know that if they're not serious about their dream, if they're not serious and committed to the dream that I have for them, then they are quenching the Holy Spirit in their lives. I'll try this side. Anybody over here? See, the Holy Spirit told me, maybe I'll get a, because the Bible says if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. So if you guys don't amen me, maybe these chairs will cry out. If we are not committed to what the Holy Spirit is showing us in visions and dreams, then you know what we do is we quench the Holy Spirit in our life. And here's why this is so important. You won't step into the future that God has for you. And notice, God is pouring out his spirit It says on all flesh. Everybody look at me this morning. This is what it means. It means age is not a factor. We've gone through in this series so many different excuses of why people in the Bible, the underdogs, this excuse of why God can't use them. For some people, they feel like God can't use them because they're not the right age. They're just, they're too old or they're, they're, they're too young, so they disqualify themselves. You actually don't think you're the right age for anything. <laughs> but you know what the Bible says about Joseph? Joseph had his dream, and God showed him a dream when he was 17 years old. My church family, you're never too young, and you're never too old to have a dream from God. Can I hear a good amen today? And here was the dream. The dream that Joseph had was that his brothers, this was the interpretation of the dream, was that his brothers would bow down to him. His older brothers would bow down to him. Now, this doesn't make sense, but it will make sense when it happens. And my church family, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. He wants young people prophesying. Listen, he wants young people speaking future in their present. We need to learn how to prophesy over our own lives. We need to learn how to start saying, I thank you, God. Things don't look good, but you're perfecting that which concerns me. I thank you, God. You are making the crooked way straight. Say a prophecy over your life. And yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. Instead of speaking what is, speak what can be in your life. Well, you know, I just don't feel like... And that's why you feel like, because you're living a self-fulfilled prophecy. Because that's how you speak. Do you know you can prophesy over your own life? How many of you have the Holy Spirit? Let me see how many have the Holy Spirit. I knew this section does over here. I'm still concerned about these people over here. But let me just ask you, how many of you have the Holy Spirit? Come on, raise your hand like you just do care. 
If you have the Holy Spirit, you can speak the word. This word was divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you take this word and you prophesy. You say what you want God or you say what God sees over your life, not what you're looking at with mere sight. Man, this is good this morning. I may apply to be the pastor of this church and speak a little bit more often. How many of you would want me to come back next week? Okay, still concerned about this section over here. Prophesy in Jesus' name. The joy of the Lord is your strength over there. That's all right. You're looking at me, but don't worry. I'm looking at you too. I'm kidding with you, kind of. But prophecy is speaking future. And you know what a vision is? A vision is seeing beyond mere sight. It's actually having a revelation. And here's what he says. He says, older men are going to dream dreams. Listen, here's what happens with most men. Their dream is to retire. (sighs) Because I'm really tired. So I want to retire. And then after we retire, let's plan the funeral. Because I'm going to die. That's most people. I'm retired I'm going to sit in my couch, rock back and forth, and just let's start planning my future, my funeral. Let's just make sure I have life insurance for the kids. Life is over. But not when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Not when the Holy Spirit is working in your life. What happens is the Holy Spirit, what he does is he starts to show you future. My church family, let me just tell you this. Old is not a number. Old is a mentality. It's a mentality, my church family. Old is the mentality that says my my best days are behind me. It's a mentality that says my past is better than my future could ever be. Now, here's the thing. You can be 25 and be old. Because you can be 25 and talk about how high school was the best days of your life. And let's just be honest, high school wasn't that great. Because when you were there, you wanted to get out. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm talking about you. High school wasn't that good. And then we look back with this selective memory like, oh. No, you had pimples on your face. People were making fun of you. Come on, somebody. Your best friend stabbed you in the back. Come on. It was, it was not a good time. But you can be 25 years old and think that your best days are behind you. And you know what? My church family is a little tough for me because I've had some great days in the presence of the Lord. I've seen awesome things. But our best days are ahead. Our best. Come on. Can I hear a good amen today? But I just want to encourage you today, because if you don't have a prophetic tone over your life, then you need to press in more to the Holy Spirit, because this is his work in our life. And my church family, I truly believe that having a vision and having a dream is so crucial. Why is it so crucial? This is what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there's no vision, people perish. So a vision, a dream actually helps navigate and put your life on the right track. One translation says this, where there is no revelation, people perish. Holy Spirit wants to give you a revelation of the good things that he has coming for you. You know, this word perish actually means they cast off restraint. When people don't have a a revelation, one translation even says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. 
So what a vision will do, it gives you restraint. What does that mean? It gives you focus. When you have a vision, you have less distraction. This is why at a point in Joseph's life, he was not only put into a pit because his brothers hated him, he was sold to Potiphar. And then Potiphar, who was a captain of the guard of Pharaoh, his wife started hitting on, on, on Joseph and Joseph just said, Hey, I, I ain't having none of that. So you know what? She started, you know, um, slandering him. He went to, to, to prison, but he never gave in to the temptation. Why? He never gave in to the temptation because the clearer the vision, the more the restraint on your life. When you have no restraint, this is where a lot of people at. Can I just be honest with you? This is why a lot of people are exhausted. They run around doing all of these things that are not important. And you know what's a tragedy to me is you're going everywhere doing everything, but you still don't hit the mark for your life. But you're still exhausted. You're still tired. You know what? You need a dream. You need a vision, right? And so the dream has to be bigger than the temptation. See, Joseph didn't give in to temptation because he had a dream, because he honored God. And for some of us, I just want to challenge you today. Listen, my church family, if you're always giving in to temptation, I want to tell you your dream's not big enough. The vision's not clear enough. We're all tempted. You, you tempted, Pastor? Absolutely. I am a man. I have no questions about that. I identify as a man because I am a man. Now, I'm going to go back over here. I identify as a man because I am a man. Yep. I'm a man. We get tempted. I want you to notice what it says about young men and it says about older men. It's all about dreaming and vision because we're sight-oriented. So I have to have a bigger vision than my temptation. I have to be focused more on the dream than I am the temptation. And I'm telling you, there hasn't been a temptation that's come my way that's been bigger than the dream that's in front of me. There hasn't been a temptation that's come my way yet that makes this vision look like, eh, I want that. No, I want that. So it makes the temptation look smaller. Are you here this morning? Come on, somebody. So number one, dreams are the result of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Here's number two. God dreams will always, always stretch your faith. They're always going to stretch your faith. God dreams are always so much bigger than you. You cannot do it by yourself. If you can do it by yourself, you don't need God. My church family, listen, write this down. Take a picture of the screen. God will never give you a life where he is unnecessary. It's quiet in this Catholic church. Think about this for a minute. God gives you a dream, and you are literally, we are literally carrying heaven's dream in us. It's powerful. So God will give you this dream where if he doesn't come through, it's not going to happen. Why does he do that? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So everything we do will have an element of faith in it. You know, for some of us, we just feel like God's not moving in our life. And I would just say, how much faith are you using? It doesn't, any, it doesn't take any faith not to give financially. No faith. 
you're not going to see God move in your finances. I'm sorry, I wish it was different. But until you have faith, then that's when you're going to see God move. And so many people don't. They're not generous. Why? Because they think they can do it all by themselves. And they are. And you watch people. I watch people. They're exhausted. They're tired. And my heart just goes, I'm sorry. But at what point in your life are you going to trust God? Well, at what point are you going to life? You're going to give back to him what is his. So they just keep living their life, exhausted, and then nothing ever changes. And then what's interesting to me is guess who they blame? God. That's right. It's true. Because everything's his fault. Nothing's our fault. Everything is his fault. But you got to know the dream that God gives you, it's always going to stretch your faith. Why? Because God gives big dreams, my church family. He gives big dreams, but it's always going to require an element of faith. But what happens is most dreams die in the practicality of things. Well, you know, we can't do that. No, that, that's too big. No, you know, that, that's, it's not too big for God. It might be too big for you, but come on, it's not too big for God. Can I hear a good amen today? So, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. So it's a big dream. So what do I do, Pastor Phil? You start small. How do you start small? Small steps of faith. How are you going to get to the big? You start with the small. You let God order your steps. You take a step of faith. I know we talk a lot about taking leaps of faith, you know, this huge leap. How about just taking a step? How about just letting God order your steps? How about just trusting him? But the dream will always stretch your faith. Come on, is this good this morning? Here's number three. When God gives you a dream... God has, you have to realize that God has already placed the DNA in you for the dream that he's given you. God will never require of you that which he has not already deposited inside of you. That's his grace. Listen, listen to that. God will never require out of you what he has not already deposited in you. That's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, work out your salvation. It doesn't say work for your salvation because we are saved by grace through faith, but we need to spend our life working out what God has already put in us. And then it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? That I just stand and go, ooh, no. It means that I actually have such a high value for what God has placed inside of me that it's like a fear that I say, God, because you have placed it in me, I value it. And then he calls it out of you by sharing and giving you a dream. That's good today. And and you see this in the Bible. Joseph God created Joseph with a specific skill set. Joseph was an organizational genius. Joseph, at 17 years old, the Bible talks about how his dad put a coat of many colors. This is what's interesting about this coat. Scholars believe that this coat that Joseph wore didn't go all the way down to the floor. It only went to his knees, which meant only people in upper management wore those type of of clothes. So you have to understand, this is one of the reasons why his brother hated him. His brothers hated him so much. They're out in the field, and here comes their manager, who is 17 years old old and that coat represented who he was. Can I just take a a moment and under, I think it's so important that we understand this, that when you receive Jesus, the Bible says in Isaiah that he gives you a robe of righteousness. He gives you a robe of righteousness that is around you. And you know what? That represents his favor. And so his brothers were upset at him. But can I just tell you this morning, my church family, listen, not everybody is going to have the gift set and the skill set that God has given you. 
And, you know, I, I think what's interesting is they hated on him because his gifts were different. And can I just say this morning, we must not let those who don't see our potential keep us from reaching our potential. You know, Joseph, he didn't allow what people didn't see in him to determine who he would be. I want to say that again. Joseph didn't allow what people didn't see about him to determine who he would be. And I'm going to tell you something. We all have different gifts. We all are good at something. And we have to get over the fact that we are not called to blend in. We're just not. And so many of us, I think we fall into comparison because we're trying to compare ourselves to this person and to that person. And the truth is, God never made you like them. So the more I spend time with God, the more he's going to show me who he made me to be. And so Joseph has this skill set and the dream that God gives him goes along with the DNA that God had already put in Joseph. So listen, I can have a dream and tell you, man, God's calling me to the NBA. He's calling me to play. But no, he ain't. I have no dribble skills whatsoever. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm just not good. I mean, it's not even in my skill set. I could practice for 10,000 hours and I still would never go to the NBA. It's just not my skill set. And you know what? That's okay, because that's who God made me to be. Who has God made you to be? But I just want to say, and this is what happens in Joseph's life. He had a big dream that God had given him. And the greater the calling, the greater the opposition. The greater the calling, the greater the haters. The bigger the dream, the greater the resistance. And so Joseph's brothers hated him to the point they lied about him. They threw him in a pit. He was sold into slavery. He was sold to Potiphar, the captain of the guard. And so here's what happens. His wife hits on Joseph, accuses him, and then Joseph gets thrown in prison. Everybody say thrown in prison. So here's why I want to spend some of my time today. What do you do? What do you do, my church family, when you have a big dream but you're in a small place. What do you do when you have a big God dream, but like Joseph, you're in a prison, which the Bible tells us was a confining place. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do what Joseph did. Because if I do what Joseph did, I'm gonna get what Joseph got. And so here's number four, what do you do? Here's what you do. You allow the prison to become the place of your preparation. We don't understand this sometimes, but God gives us a vision, but he wants to prepare you for that dream. He wants to prepare. Yes, you have the DNA, but he wants you to start working it out. And here's what happens. In the prison of Joseph's life, he begins to use his gifts and talents in the prison. I like what Rex Crane says. Rex Crane says your perspective in life is either your passport or your prison. Your perspective of how you see Joseph is actually in a literal prison, yet Joseph is not going to allow the prison to get inside of him because he's got a dream. And so could it be, my church family, could it be that in the prison of my life, I should be prayer, preparing for what's next now? Even though I don't like now, I want to get to next. What I do now determines next. Because let me tell you a little secret. If you don't make the right decisions in the prison, you may never get to what's next. And for Joseph, we know, listen, 
it's standing before Pharaoh. We know it's standing in the palace. Everybody look at me this morning. Joseph didn't know the palace was next. We know because we read the story. You don't know what God has next. And I'm excited for Joseph. I'm excited that the palace is next. But watch this. He didn't know that the palace was next because all he's experiencing is the prison. And I'm telling you, what God has next, whoo, you're going to love it. But Pastor Phil, I feel like I'm in a prison right now. So look what he does. We read it, Genesis chapter 40, verse 7. It says, Joseph is over. Everywhere Joseph goes, he's always thriving. And I'm going to tell you why. Because no matter where he is, he's always using his gifts and his talents. And he's using his gifts and his talents because God is preparing him for the palace. God is preparing him to step into that dream and to step in that. And I'm just telling you this morning, my church family, more than you know, God wants to prepare you for the palace. God wants to prepare you for what's next. And the Bible says he's in prison, but he's overseeing the prison. And he was appointed to men. He was assigned to men. That really spoke to me. Because even in the prison of our life, we should not neglect our assignment. We don't just lose our assignment. He actually had an assignment of two men. And these two men were Pharaoh's own butler, Pharaoh's own baker. And the Bible says, this, I'm just telling you, when I read these things, I'm like, I want to be like this. A guy who is in prison goes to two men and he, who are other prisoners, and he says this, why are you so downcast? Well, duh, Joseph. We're in prison. Have you looked around? But Joseph, in the prison of his life, he's still caring for other people. He's still serving other people. And it turns out, which I think is, is so amazing, it turns out that one of them had a dream. The other had a dream. One of them would die, and the other one would live. So the baker would die, the butler would live, and then the butler would be restored back to the palace. Pharaoh has a dream, and they can't get anybody to interpret it. So the butler's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy, Joseph. He interpreted my dream. So then Joseph goes before Pharaoh, and he interprets Pharaoh dream, Pharaoh's dream. He gets right elevated, promoted from the prison to the palace, and he gets promoted. And the thing was this. Pharaoh had a dream, and it turned out that there was going to be a famine in the land. And so Joseph was like, look, we've got to save because now that there's plenty, we've got to save. Here's his organizational genius working that God has put him in. And right, then guess who needs food because there's a famine. Here come his haters, his brothers. And actually the dream comes to pass. They come before him in the palace and they actually bow down. I want to encourage you. God dreams will always come true. Always come true. But I want to focus here for just a moment. We cannot say God dreams will come true. I'm not going to do anything. No, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do what Joseph did. See, many people don't realize that what they do in the prison of their life will determine even if they will see the palace. We don't, we don't know. But for some of us right now, if we were Joseph, the way people act now, this is what they would say. Well, you know, 
everything's not really going the way I want it to go right now. We're in the prison. I'm just not where I want to be in life. You know, it's just like I got goals and stuff. And so I get it, I'm doing that. And so I, I can't help you till I'm where I need to be, where I'm in that perfect place. I'm in my forever home. I'm just, you know, I, I got all these things and all this stuff. And when I get there, then guess what? I will help you. It does not make sense that a prisoner would actually help another prisoner. Joseph is, listen to this, Joseph is helping people with their dream when his own dream did not happen yet. And most people would be like, bro, when my dream happens, I will help you with your dream because actually I'm first. And if it ain't happening for me, I guess, you know what, it's probably not going to happen for you. And so people are like, when I get what I need, then I will start using my gifts and my talents to help you. My church family, that's opposite of the kingdom mentality. Let me just, we talked about this a while back. Abraham is believing. He wants a son so bad. He wants a son so bad he hasn't had a son, so he buys 15 dogs. Come on, somebody. Help fill the void. I'm kidding. But you know what? He doesn't have a son. He's 100 years old, and he goes to the Philistine king, the king Abimelech. The king Abimelech wants a son, and his wife can't bear a son. Abraham, first miracle in the Old Testament, Abraham prays for king Abimelech to have a kid when Abraham doesn't have a kid himself. See, and this is what we do. Well, you know what? When I get my healing, I'll pray for you. You know, my back hurts a little bit right now, so I don't think I can pray for you because I'm not healed. But here's what happens. The Bible says when Abraham prayed for King Abimelech to have a, a kid, not only did he, did she bear kids, all the concubines bared kids. And in the next chapter, guess what happened? Abraham got what he prayed for from for somebody else. Isaac was born from Sarah because he prayed for somebody else. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. And so what people do is opposite of what our heroes did. People will be like, you know, I'm in the prison, Pastor Phil. I just need some alone time. I need to figure myself out. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and separate myself from church. I'm going to stop serving. Go ahead. But that's not what they did. And so you're not going to get what they did if you don't do what they did. And so because, now listen, this is, this is the message right here today. I said everything I said to get you right here. By serving somebody else in the prison of Joseph's life, just saying, talk to me about your dream. You know where Joseph found out that he had a supernatural ministry of interpreting dreams in the prison of his life by praying for somebody else, by getting involved in somebody else's life, he began to realize, man, you know what? I'm not just an organizational genius. You know what? I'm not just a great manager. Actually, I have a supernatural gift to be able to interpret dreams. He realized that in the prison of his life. And so in the prison, it's so important in these confined times, my church family, that we allow the prison to become the place of preparation. I'm just telling you, I've been in ministry for 30 years. I see this all the time. Instead of people stepping up, they step back. Instead of people stepping up, they're stepping down. Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. I, I know, I, I get it. But you know what? Talk to, go ahead and talk to Joseph. His brothers put him in a pit. 
put him on Craigslist and sold him, right, to Potiphar. He gets accused of rape. Now he's in the prison. Uh, You've ever gone through that? And at the end of the day, he's in prison, and his heart is so full and focused on the dream and of God, he's serving other people. And what he didn't even realize is that what he would do in the prison was preparation before Pharaoh to step into the palace. See, many people want the honor and the dignity to stand before Pharaoh in the palace. Yes, I want to stand before Pharaoh. But can I just tell you, you'll never stand before Pharaoh until you go find a cup bearer and a butler, a cup bearer, and you go find, um, what's, who's the other guy? Who? The baker. You'll never stand before Pharaoh until you go find yourself a butler and a baker to serve. Because most people don't see the butler and the baker as even important because they're so consumed with their own dream. So here's what I'm saying today. How do we accomplish the dream? We accomplish the dream by being faithful right where we're at. Using your gifts right where you're at. Being faithful, you bloom where you're planted. I put this in my notes. Joseph learned he had a supernatural gift of interpreting dreams when he was in the prison by simply helping somebody else. Use your gift on the people that are around you right now. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. You know what the Bible, one translation says this, it will bring you before kings. But you're not gonna use your gift for the first time before a king. You're gonna use your, ki- your gift in everyday life. There's a saying that says this, success happens when preparation meets opportunity. Success happens when preparation meets opportunity. My church family, do you think that David picked up a stone and a slingshot for the very first time when he hit Goliath? Oh, it's just so supernatural. No, he was in the backyard of his dad's house. And, and what they said, he was so good at it. When he released that thing, it was almost like a, a small handgun going off. He knew exactly what he was doing because he had been prepared in the backyard. He got anointed king and then got sent back to the backyard. Why? For more preparation. And my church family, what I'm telling you is you can get so involved in the problems and it can become a prison of your life that you don't see anything else. But I want to tell you, God has a dream for your life and it's going to involve your gifts. It's going to involve your talents. And guess what? You got to start using them right now. You got to you be faithful right now where you are. Can I hear a good amen today? And let me close with this. Are you glad you came? Number five, God's dream will always include others. See, Joseph was including other people even when he was going through something. And it actually got him out of where he was to where he needed to be. The Bible says, when you refresh others, you will be refreshed yourself. But I want to end with this today. You know, the dream that God gave Joseph didn't only impact Joseph. See, the dream God has for you, oh, you're going to love it. You are going to love 
That's why he gave, it goes along with the desires of your heart. It goes along with the DNA. But listen, it's not just for you. The gift God gives us is not just for us. It's for other people. And so what Joseph's brothers didn't even realize is as they were hating on him, the dream that God had for Joseph was actually to save their lives. It wasn't just going to save Joseph. It was going to save them. That's why, can I just stop right here? Just be careful who you hate on because one day you may be calling them for prayer. Be careful who you dislike and you put down because they're not like you because one day you may be calling on them for help. And so they didn't even understand that the dream that they were making fun of was actually going to save their very life. Not only did it save Joseph's life because it helped provide food in a time of famine. Listen, it saved Joseph's family, but it also saved Egypt. It saved Pharaoh, who was not, listen, who was not a godly man. This dream was so beyond Joseph that it touched the world. And I'm telling you today, my church family, the dream that God has placed in your heart, not only do you need it, not only does our church need it, but the world needs it. I said the world needs it. And my prayer today is that you would so allow the Holy Spirit to work in you to whether that means that today you, you need to say, Pastor Phil, I, I need a dream. Like I, I'm just living, going to work, paying bills, you know, watching the Rams. I mean, I, I just, like that's, you need to, uh, listen, you got to press into the Holy Spirit because there is a purpose for your life. And God wants us to get excited about the future that he has for us. And my church family, Joseph's gift and his dream not only saved his life, it saved the world at that time. Egypt was the most powerful nation on the earth. And God used a 17-year-old and gave him a dream. Yeah, it was 30-some years for it to come to pass. But when it came came to pass, it shook a nation. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, would you stand with us today? Come on, let's give the, the Lord a good round of applause. That's the power of a dream. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Let's close our eyes for just a moment as we pray. I want to ask you today, what is the dream? What is maybe the dream that you have put on the shelf that God is calling you to do, that he's showing you? Well, Pastor Phil, I, I still need, you know, some clarity. Well, good. Press into the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says without a, a, a vision, people perish. God's going to give you what you need so you don't perish. He's going to do that for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your word. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your people would dream again. Lord, this last two years have been tough. It's been hard. But Lord, I thank you that we are dreaming again. We are remembering the dream that you have placed in our heart that stirs us up, that makes us passionate, Lord. And then we can understand, Lord, our DNA, our gift set, because it goes along with the dream that you have given us. And Lord, so today, I pray that as we press in, Lord, you would continue to show your people the dream. What 
what you have for them, the great future, and how it's going to help people in their lives. It's going to help our community. It's going to help our our neighborhood and our church, Lord, because really, in reality, Joseph's dream was connected to Pharaoh, and he didn't know it. Lord, our dreams are connected, and so as you move in our lives and people's lives, Lord, it helps all of us to get to where you want us to be, and so we thank you today, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Would you just say this with me? Put your hand over your heart for just a moment and say, God, show me. Show me, Lord. Show me the dream. Thank you, God. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you. We look to you today. You know, oftentimes that's what explains the attacks on our life is because of the dream that God has for us. Because God knows, the devil knows the potential of what can happen if you walk into your dream. How many people's lives will be touched today? Lord, we just thank you today. In the name of Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we never like to close out a Passion Life Church service with giving you the opportunity, whether you're here in person or watching online. We never like to give you, we never like to close out without giving you the opportunity to know God, know this Jesus, to have a dream, to have a vision of, for your life, the God dream. And today, I want to ask you, where are you with God? Are you close? Today, have you received him? Have you asked God to forgive you of all your sins? Do you know that if you were to die today, you would say, I can go to heaven? If you don't, today I want you to say a prayer because Jesus died on the cross. He was our sacrifice for our sin, so we don't have to pay for our sin. He paid for it. And so today, I'd love to pray with you. And if it's your first time, I'd love for you to to, to say this with me. I want you to say it loud. Would you please repeat after me? Say this. Say, Father God, thank you. For sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of all of my sin. Jesus, come inside my heart and make me new. Make the dream clear for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.